0: can you Uh, see me yeah dude looking super profesh hell yeah i got a well it's my roommate's webcam but i got one just like it coming and i just got this mic so i'm excited dude check this
1: out when they first i I, i've been looking into a cam for one of the setups i'm doing in the new studio right Uh, yeah um i'm super close to uh getting all moved in there like i've got all my stuff in there uh, i'm just waiting to get my tabletop installed it's like yeah. been a couple of um delays on that but um and i'm really excited but like when we first went online teaching you know because of the coronavirus all that shit mm-hmm. um they were they were like we're gonna get you all webcams okay uh we're gonna get everybody a webcam it's gonna be great and then they're like turns out everyone in the whole world had that idea and at the no, same time <laughs> there are no webcams for anyone and, yeah. and i was just like it's good i'm good for now um but man i'm in the process like i'm i'm down to like the last three pieces of gear for my new studio i'm getting a new mac um i'm getting and and which is just going to be just for podcasting so yeah uh, uh, i gotta get one additional smart tv and an amp to power a pa because dude i'm ha- i got my first um tiny desk concert scheduled
0: oh that's gonna be awesome
1: yeah so i'm doing one of those a month for like my music unraveled
0: show yeah that'll be cool i've actually got a pc that's supposed to be here today so i've been i've been uh, streaming on my roommate's computer i started a twitch channel where i like play chess and it's um been going pretty good but we all stream on that computer and so because of it we uh like I ended up just ordering my own. I had a, some Bitcoin saved up. I sold my Bitcoin so I could get a PC and I'm gonna be able to game
1: and stream with it and stuff. That's so I'm cool. pretty excited. Tell me tell me about Twitch. I've been thinking a lot about it. What do you know about it?
0: Um, I just got started like last week, so I know very little right now. Um, I'm not an affiliate or a partner or anything, but basically you just stream you can do games, you can do talking, you can do music, you can do it's it's really a community driven platform where you, it's about building a niche community about whatever you like. And so I started playing chess, but I'll probably end up playing more video games and stuff now that I got this computer. Cause I got it so I can also do all of our video <laughs> video editing stuff for the house. So we've got Premiere Pro and we do a lot of like comedy videos. And now that I've got that, I can edit it without like it crashing my laptop every twenty minutes.
1: I know, dude. Uh it was weird last week I just had a minor which like I've been like really making. I just have a MacBook Air that I've been leaning on super hard ever since this lockdown. Yeah, uh, but I typically would film with a camera and then edit. But just like I'm in a sort of weird transitional phase where I'm just using this little laptop for most of what I do mm-hmm. while I tweak my process because I'm changing. I've got uh, two f- uh, places I'm filming at least in the new studio, like the huge ass custom table we made. And then um a whiskey barrel table oh which, that'll be cool two whiskey barrel chairs i've always wanted to do it i actually have two whiskey barrels right now Don't yeah you started on that <laughs> i'll find a place to put the other but the one i always wanted had like this door is super expensive it's like 400 bucks it's not super expensive but it like the door opens up it's like a part of the barrel right but yeah this door opens up and it has two lazy susans that's like a spinning shelf I didn't know oh, what it was damn. right and then it's got a light in there uh so i'm putting the audio in the barrel all right oh, so I'm that's gonna put, smart. Like, yeah, like one of the mixers down in there yeah um and then like my one my yeti pro one of my yetis there uh so but uh it's man i'm i'm kind of expanding what i'm doing with the podcast and um a friend of mine who's been on like half a dozen times he's a historian um he is starting a podcast spinoff called arkansas unraveled oh okay that'll be so, interesting and i'll collaborate with him and but yeah. i'm more so just like i told them like they're uh, working on um we're gonna be doing one on confederate monuments oh yeah stay tuned but um like we're, i'm just gonna lend filming and editing on that mm-hmm. so you're just doing the creative cloud is that what you're doing for your adobe premiere yeah, I, uh, whatever their basic,
0: the one where you can download all the, uh, yeah, that's software. A, we
1: just started that too. And I've been doing, I need to do another one, but man, I've been trying to learn more about, uh, Photoshop mm-hmm. to help with, like, really honestly, podcast promotion and to make some, um, make some graphics for each individual one of the places i have my podcast hosted
0: yeah i uh, was lucky that in high school i was the photo editor for Bryant's newspaper and so i got a lot of training on photoshop and it was cs5 then and so mm-hmm. like i'm pretty up to date with that but i didn't know anything about the video editing software so it took me several hours of tutorials and learning and trial and Yeah,
1: that's i'm the opposite with that i i started so that's how i met jeff wood too yeah um My very first experience with Adobe Premiere was in 2009. I was going back to school. I was 23 years old. I took a class with him in which I edited a documentary Mm -hmm. and it was frustrating to learn, let me tell you, but I I got in hundreds of hours while I was working at tech because I just continued to, I, I had acquired that experience. So when they needed video editing done, I would, I would be the guy and I, yeah, i worked for a project where that's all i did for like two or three years so that's
0: what i've been doing here is just anytime my roommates need something editing edited i've just been volunteering to do it that way i can get those hours in and learn
1: bro are you guys kind of like um all those dudes on like knocked up
0: uh man it's been a while since i've seen knocked up it's just
1: like a bunch of funny ass stoners that all live together and that's exactly what we are like (laughs) like film crazy shit like fish bowls on their head and stuff but um yeah yeah, i just like uh how many how many roommates do you have and you're all comedians right
0: yeah we're all comics so we all started in little rock or we all met in little rock i think david he's one of the twins he uh him and his brother may have started in michigan but then it moved to little rock pretty soon but there's five of us we moved out here with six, but one guy, he left after like a month, and so we don't really count him, but we got Josh Ogle, Kayla Esmond, and David and Wesley Clych.
1: the Kleitch brothers of the twins. Nice. Yeah. That's cool, dude. Um, so tell me, what have things been like? Uh, I know you mentioned that some of your roommates were at the protests last night, Yeah. Um, and, you know, I have, uh, my friend Jack, he lives in Southern California. Uh, he works in finance. I've got a guy I know named Mike. Uh, he lives in downtown, uh, LA near Van, uh, Van I nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's been, uh, posting about that. Like that's where like he walks his dog and runs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, so what are you seeing? Like what's going on? Uh, it looks crazy. There's helicopters and guards and yeah, there's it. I know that
0: I read an article where the National Guard's actually leaving LA now. So I think that's good. But there for a while, the first night that it was happening, they kept cutting curfew back earlier and earlier to where it was like curfews at seven. Okay, five, curfews at six. Curfews at five. We were like, what the hell? And which I mean, everybody was staying in because of coronavirus anyway, or at least a lot of people were. And then the first couple of nights, we could hear the flashbangs and stuff from our house. Like we were sitting out on the back patio listening to it. It was nuts. But then we like here lately. We've been carrying water and snacks and stuff down to the protesters and just trying to do what we can to support, but stay out of the way. You know.
1: What? How, how dude? So, it's been you know because we had to close because of coronavirus too. March. Yeah. Have two weeks after we moved to a new location, but how has that been for uh, like you and gigs and
0: well, work all of and- all of my gigs got canceled. I got laid off of Flappers Comedy Club, which is where I was working which is really unfortunate but it is what it is and there's like no open mics going on in town right now well there's not supposed to be any open mics going on in town right now there may or may not be some speakeasy type events going on but i cannot confirm it or not but yeah everything's shut down so i'm trying to that's why i've been like getting into premiere pro and getting into twitch and other things is trying to like broaden my horizons where i can pick up some other skill sets to where i'm not just kind of sitting here like spinning my wheels waiting because i've been doing a lot of writing but as far as stand-up goes they're also they're doing a lot of like zoom mics where they'll do like this an open mic where it's this type of i wondered about that i had no interest in it at all it's because it to me and i get that there's some comics that they like it and they they say it gets a lot it does a lot for them but for me it's not a uh without a crowd there to work on it's like it's like you're doing a monologue and it's not a...
1: Yeah, what about, like, uh, have you thought about this? Like, I only mention this because I've seen some guys that I know that are even not, like, uh, stadium-level musicians, but, uh, like, that they, uh, they're they famous in their own right, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, they'll just be doing a guitar solo show, and then mm-hmm. they post, like, their Patreon, like, they do, like, Facebook Live or YouTube Live or, yeah. or something like that. Um, but they and they um get like they post like Patreon and uh tip jar, tip jar, PayPal, and like kind of crush it. But but I also noticed like there's this one guy I was watching the other day and he had two thousand people watching, and I was like, two thousand people live right now. Like, well, good yeah. for you, good for you, dude. Like that's a lot of people seeing your tip jar and stuff like that. And like <coughs> I know that this particular guy. Like, one guy I'm talking about would be, like, Jerry Joseph, Michael Glabicki, who used to play uh, with a band called Rusty Rue. they say, send me on my way. That song. Uh, never they, heard it. It was in that movie, Matilda. It's, oh, okay. Like, their famous hit, right? Yeah. It's in every movie. <laughs> but uh, but guys like that and other guys, Sam Holt. Like, these are all, like, kind of kind of big-name people at one point or another, but um they're they're crushing it in the digital concert scene right now Mm because nobody can go to a concert
0: Well, one of my buddies that like i make fun of him for it but he's made over 500 dollars just on tiktok just from going live on tiktok and like making jokes with people and then like the more people tip in money he will like do a shot or uh take a drink and like interact with them and so he's had a lot of success doing that and which is kind of why i've kind of switched Moved over to Twitch because I'm really like video games and gaming anyway, and so I'm trying to get something going there. But yeah, everybody's having to adapt and figure out what works best for them.
1: Yeah, dude, I'm just really interested in Twitch and TikTok. I just uh, re-listened to "Crush It" by Gary Vaynerchuk and then "Crushing It," a newer version, like an up-to-date. Mm-hmm. And uh, but. Man, it's just like, I've done, I've done a lot of training on digital media platforms and gone to trade shows and stuff at this point. And like, I'm getting like reinvigorated, but I'm trying to like, be more principle driven with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause. just like that guy talks about he's like oh like at one point when i should have been going all in on youtube i decided because they were gonna let me in i went all in on this other platform which i invested in it was a horrible mistake yeah and then youtube blew up and but there's been instances where he's gone all in on on certain platforms and then they fold Mm -hmm. and but i think it's just like too it's about where the audience is at uh that's what i've been trying to think about
0: I got into Twitch because I was watching when here recently there was a tournament where Magnus Carlson, the world champion chess player was playing Hikaru Nakamura and who's a great world-renowned chess player. And they were doing it all on Twitch. And there was two commentators. One is a FIDE women's master and another one is a grandmaster. And the commentators relationship was like, they had really good chemistry, so it was really fun and really entertaining to watch and them explain the chess match as it was going on. And then I realized there was forty five thousand people watching like a oh, chess wow. match. And so I was okay, like I didn't realize like chess would be that big on Twitch because I love playing chess.
1: How long you been playing?
0: Since I was in second grade. I played in <laughs> elementary school, went to state tournaments. Like it's my favorite game.
1: Do you know, like the Queen's Gambit and shit? Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, I was
1: yeah. just telling the class about that. I was like, everybody uses chess analogies for martial arts, and I think it's bullshit. But <laughs> here's my chess analogy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. But I was talking about strategies, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you know, everybody knows that the knight goes up and over. Big deal. I'm like, this one goes diagonal. I'm like, yeah, but the Queen's Gambit. And stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, you know I have a really cool a uh, guy that um, he. Have you been heard? Have you heard my intro music to the podcast? Yes, I have. Okay, so um, the guy that recorded that uh, he's been to Afghanistan. He's a vet, real cool dude, blue belt in jujitsu, maybe purple belt now. Ch- yeah. He's in chiropractic. He's finished up chiropractor school. Cool. Uh, and he gave me this badass chessboard he got in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. It's like polished hand like andy dufresne shawshank redemption
0: oh that's cool man yeah that's
1: badass yeah but um i'm gonna i had that on my podcast table at one point um but i just got too much i have like four mics sitting on here now and yeah uh, but my new table is massive and i'm gonna be putting it back on there maybe we can do a uh you could beat my ass in a game of chess i'd love to play hell yeah one person's beat my ass super hard but dude we could um we could stream that super easy. Oh yeah, that'd be that'd be fun. I'm trying to think of all sorts of um, cool little spinoff shows uh, to do. Like um, uh, I've been having, I, th- I want to do like a, a morning rant show of some kind, right? What would Come you on, rant on? Um, you know, like politics or what's going on in the world, or the Confederate flag. Yeah, Confederate monuments, Civil War being about slavery the lost cause like i got topics for years you know (laughs) what i'm saying but just kind of like um one other thing i'm doing we're getting our website rebuilt i'm starting a blog to kind of like i'm only going to talk about like like i do at the podcast i have certain streams like really five main branches of shows i do that Mm -hmm. are all like different and i'm doing kind of like three main themes on my blog but i'm doing some stuff to kind of uh kind of try like man the thing is like a with uh when i do a jiu-jitsu podcast that's like great organic content for people at the gym Mm -hmm. you know um but that's uh with the blog i'm gonna start doing like martial arts history short pieces with that uh but like with the podcast i want to start doing some shorter video uh that because i don't see myself i might have an intern i'm working on getting that but um like doing clips yeah basically i just want to create more content and put like why i was telling you i was interested in twitch and and stuff it's like um you know getting content and and just like oh well this is a you know i do a life unravel bears on life unravel but i did a whole bunch of jujitsu unravels last week yeah you know where it's just something it's it's kind of but you know i got my hand involved in so many things it uh it's hard to get it all out sometimes
0: dude i understand that like especially when you start so many different projects and you have so many different ideas for what you want to do
1: fucking Uh, idealism man it's a disease dude it's a disease i can't help it
0: but the good thing about twitch is that you can do you can do a setup that it's literally just this where you're just chatting and then you you're watching chat as they come in and you can start a dialogue with your viewers and interact with them it's
1: pretty cool platform this is dude this is a future you know like um they're gonna make us do synchronous teaching next semester so what is that? That means I have to give every student the option to log in like this. Oh, like I still show up and I teach face to face, like for example, Arkansas History Monday, Wednesday, Friday at eight. But every single person could choose to log in from home if they wanted.
0: That's interesting. Do you think that that will help or hurt the class like, as far as their learning?
1: Uh, i think it i think that's kind of i think that's the bridge i think that's some sort of weird middle ground they're doing i like it um Mm -hmm. but i i don't think that uh i think it'll be abused a little bit but i don't think that's the issue with it people would come to class and coast and not do shit anyway right i have people that 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 miss one or two days that have failed my class like like talk about being on autopilot right no shit like it's Anytime I
0: struggled in college, it was because I wasn't going to class. Anytime I was in class, like you can't do anything else but absorb the information.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's,
0: that's they, if it was if that was had been implemented when I was in college, I would have probably my personality type probably would have abused. I'd have been that guy that's like, oh shit, I got to be in class in ten minutes. Uh, let me just log
1: in real quick. Well, you know, like I started like when we went online, I started I, like first I was kind of like, okay, what I need to do here. Mm-hmm. Okay. I need to pre, I need to create a process that is like from here forward to like, whenever we get through to the end of the semester, wherever I stop, I don't have to redo that stuff mm-hmm. next time. Right. Yeah. So like, I really tried to like hammer down. I got to where, um, particularly in like U S history, like I put together a bunch of good content for U S and Western Civ and Arkansas, but I'll redo a lot of the Arkansas history stuff. Cause I've come up with some better content since, but, yeah. um, I think that'll be just like a transition we make. And I think there's so many professors that are near retirement. They're never going to teach online. I think that it's, we're in this weird area, especially with our college, because most of the professors don't teach online and they have this stupid long process that make you go through to develop it. That's the deterrent more than anything. Like when I teach a face to face, I'm like, I could just go to him and be like, I want to teach American government. And because my degree is in history and political science and I can teach American government, even though I've only had six hours, of yeah. political science, <laughs> um, they would be like, okay, let us sign you up for that. You're going to be teaching it next, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, next semester, Tuesday, Thursday at eight. It, and it's like, no, there's no month or a uh, summer long course development that you don't yeah. get paid for or anything. It's just like, oh yeah, we, you, you got it. We're sure. Sure oh that's have. cool so but uh yeah i'm like let's do that for the online classes guys come on yeah no work yeah I, I got this i promise look what i'm doing with bear right now that'd be nice i mean
0: i would appreciate it if i was your student that's for sure
1: well man i do really try like you know what i do with the podcast like making audio video uh video available um both like i try to do that with all my lectures like they can go to my youtube channel or they can listen to the audio And then on my Western Civ class, I have a whole, I I found an audio version of the textbook by one of the authors. So it's like his rendition. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's super, it was a great courses. It's super close, uh, but just it's close enough they could even master the test right from the book. Yeah. uh, There's just so many ways that you can digitally connect and get more resources to people than I could ever do in the classroom. So even some professors don't even use Blackboard. And I got like, all my shit on Blackboard. Lecture notes, video lecture, audio lecture. Uh, Here's some documentaries about it because I know you're not going to be reading or listening to the textbook. But Mm -hmm. since you're not going to do that, check out this sweet tutmosy documentary. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. The
0: one thing that the shutdown has showed is that there was a lot of things where technology could have been being used and it wasn't because people were, I guess stuck in their ways or like didn't want to be flexible or like no it's got to be done like this and then once everything shuts down it's like oh yeah we can do 90 percent of the stuff online
1: oh well think of like just meetings in general like the classic joke like this could have been an email like yeah. we're at the meeting now it's going to be like this could have been a video meeting
0: Mm-hmm. i didn't have to leave my desk you could have just logged us in and told us
1: yeah well there was like some commercial going around for a while or something where like the person shows up with like a screen on their face mm-hmm. to a meeting and it's like the person's sitting at home like what's up guys but, <laughs> but like yeah. somebody's physically there for him might like be in a surrogate
0: dude my roommate they showed me a video on youtube i don't remember the name of it but it's a uh it's like a zoom meeting but everyone's there in person so they're in the office but this guy keeps like logging in and logging out and so he like just goes limp and then he'll come back and they're acting out every actor's acting out um like what the problems with online meetings it's really funny
1: that is funny i'll have to google that
0: yeah i'll uh when we get done with this i'll figure out what it is and i'll send you the link to it it's funny
1: yeah yeah. well so outside of the protest and rioting where are you guys on phasing back into normalization in la area
0: right now we are still in the middle of everything shut down like masks required everywhere like you got to have lines everywhere like six feet apart um they said the end of august but they keep every time they give us a date they keep pushing it back longer and longer
1: we've got pushed back on phase two again
0: yeah so what's the difference i don't know what the different phases are nobody's told us so well
1: there's a a, so you can there was i hadn't looked at it in several weeks but like a federal guideline that came out on like the phases of reopening the the country okay i missed that and and each state kind of either went with that exact plan or modified it a little bit yeah and um that is where all of that you're hearing comes from from my from my knowledge right is it the governor's all kind of disseminated that plan and were like hey here's what but and then sometimes some people just went with the federal plan that were business owners because i think some like an example uh uh what is it uh new york california they uh were much their governors were much more strict right so they, yeah. they modified the plan much more
0: there was some people out here getting arrested for like going to the park going to the beach like go away from people not where they're around people but like they had, they shut down all the national parks, all the campsites, all. Cause I went up in the Sierras for a week, uh, maybe. And, but they had it all shut down. Like all the gates were closed. You had to walk around them and stuff. It was stupid. And the yeah. thing that I don't understand is, and I get that the government is in a, it's kind of like between a rock and a hard place with all the protests and stuff going on right now, you want everybody to stay indoors because of the virus. But as soon as you start telling people, oh, you can't come out and protest. That's how things get way worse way quickly. So, I don't really know what the right answer is, but it's it is strange to me that like I can't go to work right now, but there's thousands of people marching in the streets.
1: Well, you know it's always been strange to me that my business was closed, but Lowe's was having a fucking Sale, man! Black Friday, like parked out to the highway. You know, like Are you every serious? every big box business in our town. And then there was like a a, a Home Depot in Denham Springs, and this yeah. was in like April that had like uh, and you know how hard New Orleans was hit, but this mm-hmm. was in April and they had like a thousand people in their business in a Home Depot in Louisiana on a sale. And it's just like, yeah, there's a problem when you shut small business, but you close. And, too, so, like, I'm not conspiratorial so much about all this, honestly, believe it or not. Yeah. But, you know, honestly, here here is a big sect of voters, um, small business owners, mm-hmm. right? Like, dude, never have I felt more disenfranchised uh, because like we just got pushed out of our own neighborhood because they wouldn't let us grow and expand and build there even though we're like sitting right in the middle of five crack houses.
0: Yeah, I remember all of y'all what y'all were going through with all uh, that. But
1: we were just like one block off of Parkway, which it, is a good location. We wanted mm-hmm. to throw build on uh expand there and the uh, best case scenario worked out but still like okay, whatever. Just move over here. Right. Uh, but then just like uh so that was just due to overregulation, honestly mm-hmm. like that's what you could say but uh now it's just like so that was local government now now it's state and federal government likes closed down small businesses and in new york a hundred thousand small businesses are never gonna uh, reopen that's terrible and it's
0: crazy to me because it's it's a complete double standard because like you said the big large corporations they get to stay open they get to still have customers coming in but it's the small businesses that rely on their customer base that's getting shut down and it's i'm not saying that i want everybody to get sick but there's got to be a better answer
1: dude so did you see that um speaking of conspiracies uh not umbrella man or who's dropping the bricks off because i've already spent a lot of time talking trying to figure that out and i haven't figured out anything yeah but um <clears throat> there what is the craziest conspiracy that you've heard uh, amidst all these protests and uh coronavirus stuff anything super wild that you the
0: wildest seeing? things that i'm hearing now is that you know coronavirus isn't even contagious like it doesn't get spread on surfaces anymore it like in that it was never as big a deal as everybody was making it out to be oh
1: you're not asym- you're asymptomatic you don't have symptoms oh you can't pass it on to me that's but that was the opposite of what it was the other day you know exactly and so now it's like who the fuck do you believe hey you know like i thought about this like very realistically that could all be foreign interference the fact that that we don't know like somebody's putting out those contradictory and i haven't done the research all the way back but i would almost guarantee you that a lot of that is scamming Mm -hmm. right That this to, just to make us confused on it, and, and see, and I've noticed that so with the, the riot the stuff too. With yeah. the with everything going with
0: the riot stuff, like especially my grandparents, what my grandma will see on Facebook, and she'll call me and talk to me about it. And I'll be like, Grant, that's that didn't happen, that's not true. That's so. Like, did
1: you see the old guy get pushed over and he busted? Yes. and okay, yes, so did. Donald Trump tweeted, Oh, I read the tweet, holy fuck, yeah, holy what th- a dickhead! But but here's the thing. I guarantee you, he saw the same meme that I saw. <laughs> like, Hold on, right? <laughs> like, because, because that's what people are like circulating these memes that George Floyd was a Freemason, all this crazy. He was yeah, sacrificed by the Masons, all this crazy shit. But there was a meme that was like. Uh, and it, I'll tell you who shared it to this xenophobe uh, here locally who talks shit about Obama being a Muslim carries a case to our protest. And oh, wow. I, I saw him share this meme and it was like, look, this, this, this old man right here is Antifa and, and he's got a blood pack under his jacket and uh you see here this blood behind his ears there's a, there's a thing going up here and it's making the blood come out hey, that cop didn't even push him that hard
0: dude that's such horseshit you watch that video like the way that old man's head hits that concrete
1: they were saying and i think on trump's thing he was saying that he was trying to scan their stuff to black them out or whatever and i'm like, I read that he, like, had picked up one of their helmets and was trying to give their helmet back to him. I don't know. One thing that made me nervous, um, and, and I don't – I'm not justifying this, but it that guy got his hand, which had a cell phone in it, if my m- memory and uh, eyes serve me correct, the old guy. But he got his hand dangerously close to that guy's duty belt. Yeah. Right? In which case, like – anytime you get close to uh, I, i'm not justifying his actions i think that uh that it, it got dealt with and it needed to be dealt with but anytime somebody puts their hand close to a gun whether you're a concealed carry holder like i've i've had it like people want to hustle tussle around with me and i've got my uh, concealed carry on me or something yeah it's um, it's stressful you're just like whoa stop stop Right, I'm not justifying that, that at all, but I, I wonder if he just wasn't on high alert and is like, "Oh, this guy's just touching my gun belt." Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but to me,
0: like that's a 75 year old man. Like he's not. He's, he's an age
1: provocateur from Antifa Bear, okay?
0: <laughs> and something else, like we've seen, because before all this kind of blew up, I was. In that camp where i was like it's i was in the it's just a few bad apples camp i was like they can't all be bad it's not all cops but like the more these protests have gone on and the more around the country from different places you see videos of people where like the couple in atlanta the students in atlanta where they were driving and they got them text on their phone at 9 15 or at nine o'clock that there was a curfew and they were out at nine 15 and then the cops come bust their windows out, drag them out of the car, take knives and like slip their tires and completely ruin that dude's car. Just completely ruined. Like who knows if that was his only vehicle to get to work or not. And then drag them out of the, like you see stuff like that going on all over the country. And it's like, this shit's got to stop.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I think it was Minneapolis if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was, uh, maybe the national guard i think it was the national guard if not it was like state police or riot squad but they're like these people are on their porch yeah and they're like get inside and uh they're just like what what do you mean like they're like like m- marching down the street like yeah like inside and then they launch like some sort of like smoke canister paint canister or something at them, and um i had somebody on my friends list on facebook share that shit and be like "Play stupid games win stupid prizes and i was like motherfucker sitting on your own front porch is a stupid game to play in america now
0: no shit like that that's the thing i don't understand about the leadership is that there's been every opportunity to de-escalate this stuff and try to come to like a point of reason but it seems like Everybody wants to keep escalating and ramping it up. And like if you don't listen to peaceful protests and it starts to get violent like and you start like ripping people out of their cars and like shooting at people on their front porch, like that's how you get violent uprisings really well, quickly.
1: Indeed, okay, so just back to the insensitivities of it all and not calling not getting into calling Donald Trump a racist or anything like that. But did you hear what he said about George Floyd the other day at the speech?
0: About him looking down, looking at job yeah. numbers, and like, oh yeah, he's smiling yeah. 'cause them job <laughs> oh, yeah. numbers. He's
1: like, George is having a great day up there, and, and he's looking down, and I'm like, whoa, 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 no, George is not having any great days ever again. cuz yeah. He's dead. So, like, that was just such a weird. It's just like how he uses the Bible to like
0: to uh, like pander to christians and and he's doing that same thing where he's taking this person that's a martyr and like oh look i have this great thing about him and like oh he's looking down looking at my numbers and he's making it about well, him like, and,
1: and he's accusing left of doing all this to steal the black vote and to steal my vote as a small business owner and shit like that right everything yeah. a conspiracy to steal votes right now because it's an election year
0: it's i just i've never seen anything like this it's hard for me to put words to it and as a comic like part of me is like this stuff is so insensitive and also i'm a white redneck dude like sometimes my opinion probably doesn't need to be heard right now but at the same time it's like do you talk about it do you not talk about it do you make jokes about it do you not like
1: you know i would say here's a here's a great thing that i'm i've been talking to people about right it's like yeah like something to do with so like i've become more and more and more fascinated with the differences in um like old south and new south and pre-civil war post-civil war post-reconstruction yeah uh, segregation jim crow laws like how how that developed and what how it's connected to a lot of the stuff we're seeing right but like have you ever heard of the lost cause myth no i haven't so this is a version of history so like my aunt just turned 50 right Mm -hmm. and uh she was taught that so she was going to school um let's see when would she have been uh she was born in 1970 i believe 70 80 90 2000 yeah so she's born in 1970 so she would have been in junior high in like 84 when this is still being taught and this is like when the school in um hartman in johnson county uh consolidates and they named their school the, the johnson county west side rebels and their their logo is like a confederate flag and all this shit. which yeah. the stars and bars flag was never even flown in arkansas um is what my is was what the is what my uh one of my professors just told me the other day he's like see this this, this like this was never even flown here and this is more of the flag that you would have seen at like pea ridge and prairie grove yeah you know but um this lost cause myth was this version that like why you hear people arguing ever that the civil war wasn't fought over slavery that there's any debate on that point period is because in the south they rewrote the history
0: yeah we were taught and this was i graduated high school in 2011 we were taught states rights like it was all about states rights it had slavery was a part of it but it had very little to do with it which is utter nonsense
1: yeah you know, that's what i tell people i'm like states rights to do what yeah own people and, and well and then and then, oh, it was more complicated than that i'm like yeah states rights is an incoming state right so mm-hmm. states to the west and the, the southwest and new states that would enter the Union as we've expanded from where the country was all the way to the coast yeah. uh, and then in the in um, the, you know, few uh, years after the Civil War, uh, that they could be slave states if they wanted, that they had the right to choose, like they had the right to choose to secede if the country decided we didn't want to be, uh, if we didn't want to have slaves anymore as a country right so then then that's when it like oh well we can't you know, economic differences it's like yeah because you don't want to lose your free labor bro no shit like
0: you economic know difference you've got all these people working for you and you're not paying them or treating them like people
1: so the three accepted this three accepted answers on the citizenship exam are slavery economic differences and states rights but all of the six to seven things that people hash down to the civil war they all go back to slavery yeah um I've, i mean i've been reading just so people i can have these uh conversations i'm planning on doing some talks about it we're going to do some uh podcast about it is uh th- to actually read each state's secession letter right that'd be really interesting yeah and then uh, you know i hear people a lot but they're talking about like it being a part of their heritage and stuff and it's like i get that i get that your relative that fought probably wasn't fighting to preserve slavery that's the sad part about it is that the uh the south had all of these millionaires this entrenched aristocracy that was i mean they were the economy yeah and uh they're running things and it's you didn't see as much of that in the north but man the the southern states had uh, just an entrenched uh, millionaires tons of millionaires per capita uh more so i, I was reading a stat on this i don't think i'm not uh misquoting, but more millionaires per capita in the south than any other place uh in the united states uh in 1860.
0: i did not know that i had never heard that before but i mean yeah. it makes sense
1: well i mean like i was talking to somebody this effect on arkansas for example 1850 to 1860 is when the prosperity really started to hit arkansas that's when arkansas was surging and and still arkansas was they were late to the game and they were still had fewer fewer slaves than a lot of southern states so but yeah but man that's just like the lost cause myth i've just been encouraging everybody to go learn about what that is because uh like a good friend of mine was like oh i thought it was i thought it was economic differences i was like oh well, it was yeah because of and, slavery it's and, easy to and, have
0: all the millionaires when you ain't paying anybody for the work
1: well and here's the thing man it's a disservice to oversimplify it and just say it was about slavery yeah. it is. it's but here's the thing nobody everybody wants a headline nobody wants to to have this conversation of back and forth of like uh, Cause I had this one South Carolina historian I follow. He was arguing about Arkansas, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, which, which, <laughs> "Let me interject." Yeah, but I couldn't interject because it was a video he uploaded, right? But um, yeah. I'm I'm going to interject in some way. But I, but here's the thing: Arkansas did secede uh, with the, like the last wave of states to secede from the Union. Mm-hmm. But they did that only when all of the Delta planners came to little rock and like essentially forced the governor they're like and here's where it gets into too they're like we're not going to be sending troops so abraham lincoln can use our people to kill other americans but then it's like the dichotomy of it though is like yeah but you're going to end up going to kill other americans right you know but yeah they took over the arsenal uh, and that was like in arkansas had a 69 to 1 secession vote uh and this one guy who became the governor during Reconstruction for a minute uh, was the only guy that Isaac Murphy he wouldn't vote.
0: Shout out to Isaac Murphy having the balls to say no.
1: Yeah, good job, bro. Dude,
0: what do you feel, think about the uh, the monuments and stuff that we still have up of the Confederacy and everything?
1: I've got a problem with them because I know I've been researching about the history of how they got put up and who put them up. Okay right so and like they're all facing north towards the aggressor that's one detail do you know that i did not know that yeah damn so the the same people who wrote like the state history books um who got this lost cosmic the united daughters of the confederacy i think who...
0: i saw you share something about them on facebook yes. the other day yeah yeah and
1: then and then somebody was like this video's from vox vox is bullshit and i was like well, here is this cited and referenced material. Let me know if you have any other questions. I went ahead yeah. and, and and pulled this from the Virginia State Encyclopedia of History, just yeah. so we're just so we're in the clear on you know Virginia, you know you know where Robert E. Lee's from.
0: Yeah, <laughs> went ahead
1: and went with with that one. And yeah. uh, our Thomas Jefferson, he's from there. Uh, he had a slave mistress. Watch this documentary. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, it runs deep. But then you know, here's the thing. Somebody brought this up. It's like, well, next thing you know, we'll be taking down Monument to Thomas Jefferson because he owned slaves, and it's like, uh, maybe I hope I kind of I kind of hope not. But let's take down Andrew Jackson statues because he's a piece of shit over the Native Americans. Uh, Absolutely. But, but then Thomas Jefferson had the Louisiana Purchase, so he's kind of shit on the Native Americans too because they lived there.
0: Well, and my thing when I was a kid like I would wear shirts with the rebel flag on it. And I would I just like about that. Like I, I was raised and taught heritage, not hate. And that's what I firmly believed until I got out of Arkansas. And a lot of it was in the army. Um, Like when I was in basic, my bunk mate uh, was a black man and I got really, really close to him. And to this day, still one of my best friends. Like we talk every week and, hearing about how what people like that aren't from the south when they see that flag what they think and how it makes them feel what it represents to them and then it's like i don't want to i don't want to represent that at all i don't want to be a part of and maybe for some people it doesn't have any hate with it but for so many people it does so i don't want to be associated with
1: it well it's and it's what you said it's the people that don't know they just don't know any better man yeah it's like i try i don't hold it against people i'm not gonna go comment on their on their post but I am going to keep making my super educational post on the, internet, Yeah, you know, Yeah, but hey, I'm with you, man. Like that's a, that's a, that's a great, I'm glad you kind of like went through that. I kind of went through the same thing because like I've been posting about, I made this funny post about, you know, like I, I had some, like I heard these two old guys talking about like, how college history professors are teaching all the all people like me and i I am a fucking college history professor i was like you guys are talking about me (laughs) and and, and, but then but then i was like they're also talking about like when i was learning from my mentors who who taught me to be more empathetic Mm -hmm. like you learned to be empathetic with that right so i learned all the stories about Uh, the civil rights movement and uh, modern American history, 1945 to present and Arkansas history during the reconstruction and the new South. And it's like, it made me way more like go through a process like you just described many times over Mm -hmm. in in many areas. And I think that's very important. I think when people don't know uh, it's like what, like we were talking yesterday on this podcast about how, like all of that rebel flagship was sold at the peach festival in johnson county on our courthouse steps man yeah rings chained wallets hats t-shirts all confederate flag and everything and and just to know that it would i I don't know any african-american any black people that would be comfortable with with like that
0: maybe maybe
1: some would maybe somewhere i don't know yeah i don't know and since they wouldn't be I, I'm not comfortable w- with uh, propagating it or, or th- with it being around that it makes them uncomfortable.
0: Right. And also for me, it's the, I don't, I don't want to ever, cause especially being out here in LA, being who I am, I get judged as soon as I walk in the door, people is, immediately make assumptions about me anyway. And so I don't want to give anybody any ammo to that. I'm this stereotype that they've seen on TV or they've seen on Fox news or whatever. And, like, I want to be a good representation of like the backwoods culture of Arkansas, not the bad representation that everybody like seems to know.
1: You know, and maybe you could spend some comedy off of this idea. But there's something a very big thesis in Arkansas history, and this is reoccurs and like I, I grill my students on it like almost every assignment. But there, like what you just said, there is a the Arkansas image. The stereotypical image that people have of Arkansas is this. if you go like you remember a few years back, the history channel did this thing called the States and they had like a little like 13 minute deal about every state. If you go watch Arkansas, it, it hits on that. It's like often, you know, associated with the barefooted, uh, and there's the Arkansas trap where the tune and the artwork, I got like a hand, a custom d- drawn by an, a, an artist that's been on the, oh, cool. he drew his own rendition of it. I'm putting it as part of this Arkansas unraveled spinoff in like that's one dope. of the backgrounds. Yeah. But I mean, this Arkansas image of this stereo, the stereotypical redneck hillbilly, but the fact is, is that's, that's not doing it justice. We actually right. sent more troops to fight for the union than any other southern state other than tennessee where our vice president our sitting vice president in the civil war was from andrew johnson i didn't know that yeah so at that and then too, the fighting northwest arkansas was so contentious because the extreme western flank of the war missouri is a slave state that did not secede from the union the entire Mm -hmm. civil war right that's crazy and then too so like i anytime i see like virginia something like not getting into virginia again but like something coming out of south carolina i'm like hey weren't you guys the first to leave the union your secession letter was the meanest <laughs> I, I read it it was very very mean what you said yeah. about that those human beings
0: what does it say
1: uh i mean it just it, it is the most like hey you know we're gonna own these human beings you're not gonna do shit about it and this is our way of life and we will kill as many people as we can to preserve it i'm, I'm heavily paraphrasing but it's yeah. like it is a no bones about it like slavery you want to mess with our ability to own humans forget about it man they you know there there is a guy that i start teaching about in 1810 Mm -hmm. Right before the war, 1812, uh, with Henry Clay and John C. Calhoun. C. Calhoun was – man, he was a congressman, career politician. He was vice president uh, under Jackson uh, for one term. But um, he was from South Carolina, and he goes back after being vice president there. Uh, almost get South Carolina to secede under Jackson in the 1830s called the nullification crisis, because they said, we're, we're going to declare this federal law null and void in South Carolina borders. It was not to do with like slavery or, or anything, but they yeah. just had a real contentious attitude for a long time, and it's no surprise that they were the first state to secede in my mind. Yeah. If you're from least- South Carolina, sorry. So, <laughs> sort of i'm sure it's
0: crazy to me that it took i mean how Mm. much of human history up until the 1800s which i guess i'm only looking at it from an american's perspective not really a global perspective but like how long did it take us to reach a conscious decision that's like oh yeah this is bad this is evil this is this is something we shouldn't be doing and we're still dealing with the ramifications of that to this day
1: we are man and then the fact that it's late 1850s, 1860s, American South, and here's a, here's a laundry list of the places that are um, segregated um, businesses, like department mm-hmm. stores, uh, movie theaters, courthouses, uh, separate churches, um, water fountains, buses, long, short and long distance busing, um, I mean, everything. Everything. It was, but, you know, and then too, like when I teach in Arkansas history, that did allow for that. There's, there's, I don't see any positives of that really, but here's what they're saying is like, look, this dude over here that was the black barber, he got to cut everybody's hair and he made really good money. And I'm like, well, that is good for him, you know, like, because like, but you think about the reality is like, I, I'm, let's get our let's get our hair cut by a black man. Big fucking deal. Yeah. But like at that time, like that, that's the only people's hair he could cut because of what the system that was made. And that system wasn't made everywhere in the country. It was just made in the South after the Civil War. While we were writing those fucked up uh revisionist history books uh with about the lost cause myth, you know. Damn.
0: Yeah. And something else that I've noticed being out here, and I think I may have mentioned this to you before, but I've heard more racist fucked up shit out here in Los Angeles than I did growing up in Arkansas. Yeah,
1: and I it's think just the reason so why, melting pot like just so diverse.
0: Well, I think part of it has to do with that in Arkansas and in, in the South in particular that there is that like really like I don't know the word like tension full history. So if you start spouting off the wrong thing, somebody's going to knock your ass out. And like cuz it's it's a very it's a very real part of our culture in the south where out here you don't you don't have that history because they're so, oh we didn't have slaves out here or, oh we didn't oh we weren't part of the south and so they'll say some really terrible fucked up shit and be like oh but at least i'm not one of them people in georgia and like it's like there's a lot of people out here that i'm like yeah go go say that in arkansas go say that in alabama go say that in louisiana and not get your front teeth knocked out
1: well yeah too and what's when like what's crazy is how different arkansas is like i mean it's told you the stats on people going to fight for the union stuff but you take a state like alabama yeah like with george wallace oh man i just encourage everybody that like especially here lately like go listen to lbj talk to george wallace in the white house it's disturbing right and the stuff that that lbj says like there's one um uh, a quote that a historian I had on the podcast recently shared, where he was like, "Well, you know, I've I've moved the Negro from a uh, D minus to C plus. He's still nowhere. He knows it. Everyone knows it. And that's why he's out in the street. Hell, I'd be out in the street too. Like, our, ladies and gentlemen, our president. Damn." Yeah, you know, and that's um sixty-five, I think, is when that quote was, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Uh but uh it's um uh, you know, and like what I keep kinda telling people is like uh I shared this story about the death of Emmett Till, right? Mm-hmm. And that that little boy and you may have seen the post. Yeah, but then then it. people are like, this example's too old. Like, we've come far, far, far away since then on racial relations. How is what's going on right now connected to that? And I'm like, well, in 2008, when we put up the monument, uh, within like a four-year period after that, well, in this instance, someone shot the sign 317 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Then they had to make a steel version of the sign that's bulletproof, so people would stop shooting it with guns. Uh, about this little 14-year-old boy who was murdered. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That. And then when you see something like what happened in Minneapolis with the guy kneeling on that dude's neck, and it's,
1: it's it's not the image we need to be seeing i mean it's that that not getting into like for me it's a big wound up knot man with mm -hmm. a lot of issues that definitely intertwine and racial tensions police brutality are definitely in there together tied in a knot with one another but it's like that is just that image is uh, extrapolate out all the uh anything biases politics whatever it's like just have that image in your mind. And that image is just representative of a lot of things we have wrong with our country right now.
0: Yeah. And it is. And that's why, like I was talking Men, with some mental health family. included,
1: mental yeah. health included. So sorry. Good.
0: I was talking with some uh, members of my family that were like, kind of taking like the super hard stance of, Oh yeah, but now they're looting and now that there's looting going on and this buildings are burning that, like this completely undermines everything about it and i got uh, it's like i understand it like if if i had seen my brother die that way i'd still be burning shit down if like my grandmother had died that way i'd still or if somebody had broken into my grandmother's house and shot her when they were in the wrong house and the person they were looking for was actually in fucking jail the whole time like i'd still be burning shit down and i completely well, yeah. understand the outrage from it and i don't under i don't get where the lack of empathy comes from that's where i'm at is that how and, it, and it, it is partly that way on both sides, but it's like, why can't you understand the emotional impact that has and why somebody would be outraged like they are, especially exactly. it's been going on for years and it's been countless number of people. And it's just like, look, this is the straw that broke the camel's back. Not one more. Like we're not taking this anymore. And I I completely support it
1: 100%. Yeah. I mean, I it's I do too. And it's, you know, like, here's the thing I like to point out too. Like, one, there are umbrella men and agent provocateurs dropping off pallets of bricks out in your front yard for you to throw at shit. Just being like, hey, bear you want some bricks to throw at shit? Like, here's six pallets of them. Like, what? Like, who's doing that? So there's that sort of shit going on. But outside of that, outside of that, all of the regular criminals are definitely taking advantage of this that's, that's true. another rogue faction everybody's like antifa white supremacist uh the the, the radical left the radical right. when it's really and i love the videos of the peaceful protesters it's just taking them the fuck down
0: yes that right? has been hilarious oh it's like, so good somebody going and breaking a window or something oh, and hell just no. slam them on the ground
1: <laughs> dude that umbrella man break uh the guy breaking the, the windows at AutoZone. yeah that is an eerie fucking video i'll watch that thing 10 12 times and i was just like
0: yeah, because like, who the fuck is that? Like, what's what's the driving force behind that? Like, because there's there's money there somewhere, and like, what raises a lot of questions.
1: I'll tell you a crazy conspiracy I've been hearing that makes a lot of sense is that there may not be an Antifa. Really, and that maybe Antifa is a conspiracy fomented by white supremacists. Damn right like i don't know uh honestly like all i've seen is white supremacists yeah <laughs> so uh but uh, are these agent provocateurs maybe they are the radical left i don't know dude and um all, all we can't associate there are all these rogue factions uh out there at the protest undermining it trying to hijack the movement it's going on for sure you can see it on video yeah uh, and so it's like and then there's two just criminals like they of this one guy like uh looting in in la and they're like hey um why are you doing this and he's just like just taking advantage should you know uh just thought this would be easy got caught made a mistake but yeah we're we're just taking advantage of the situation and it's yeah. just like that's just that's just a criminal that's not, that's not anybody that has anything to do with, these pro- with the protests. And
0: what's sickening is when you have a isolated case like that, where you have somebody that's just like an opportunist, and then you'll have people in leadership positions like, oh, well now everyone's like, they'll use that one outlier to label the whole group and demonize the whole group or the whole movement. And it, it doesn't get anybody anywhere.
1: Yeah, I know, man, and that's we'll see. So, and then too, like another thing, like uh, like I guess you could call these microaggressions or race baiting. Uh, but I've seen this like like it's like somebody will wait until like the till it's like just about half a dozen black people coming out of the auto zone of the Target that's being looted. Freeze frame that. Take that right. picture. Be like. <laughs> Look at these. I saw this one guy on my on my uh, friends list formerly, and he was like the stereotypes about them, and I was like, "Whoa, dude, don't call them them." Yeah. Right. What? What do you mean? Like stereotypes that, that 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 people. I just like there were some keywords in there, and I was like, "Man, that's like super problematic." And then I was like, "Hey, here's a video um, of like oh 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 I counted about seventeen white people there." uh so uh might might even be more white people than black people it sounds like especially like the the chunky white chick taking the lamps (laughs) like
0: she's coming out of target she's got them lamps dude. okay the guy
1: (laughs) working out in planet fitness oh yeah that was great (laughs) and then then to the guy looting the legos
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, everything's hitting the fan. <laughs> Dude's
1: got a box of Legos. I was like, hey, man, I would have, you know, I maybe I would have went for the Harry Potter castle. I don't know. Oh, that's funny. That's <laughs> you so know, funny. somebody's like, I'm going to get a Millennium Falcon right now. Yeah. Like, I like uh, to,
0: like, my perspective, hopefully – the way I try to look at it, maybe he's got like a seven year old or something. And he's like, he can't afford to get him like a brand new Lego set. He's like, this is my chance. I'm gonna get a Lego set for my kid, but that's probably not what
1: happened. (laughs) Maybe he's like, dude, I got like a, I got a ton of Legos on my table right now. Like (laughs) maybe he's just a man child. Maybe he just loves Legos. Yeah.
0: I mean, I get, I'm not really into Legos, but I'm into video games and things like that. That's pretty
1: childish. So I understand dude i keep like so this is a, a a guilty one i have i want to get like so i don't know how public spaces are going to be moving forward with all people's paranoia but i'm to keep telling core i'm like look we can leverage this to get rid of the seating area we can put in a pool table and look i want to do all martial arts arcade games i want mortal Kombat over here street fighter <laughs> Uh, over here, we're going to do one of the original Tekken's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, we're like, martial arts school. We have martial arts-themed arcade games I- in a pool table. And she's <laughs> like, you already have a podcast studio. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, you yeah, have foosball, <laughs> air hockey. I
0: don't know. That's <laughs> funny. I can't wait to see the new studio, man.
1: It's sick, dude. Um, I am very excited. I ordered my mixer. It should be in any day. Yeah. um and like it's it it's the mixer it allows me to do like what we're doing now just like audio recording with the usb but i can do without the usb obviously does either one but it's got an interface so that that is what allows me to do like live band like it's got tw- uh 24 different inputs basically yeah. so i could like mic drums i could mic uh three guitars i could mic um Three or four microphones and every and not even have to unhook the podcast that's dope, yeah, so that, and I've still got two other mixers, a small one at my office, and um this one that's in here that I'm gonna put in that whiskey barrel, so yeah, it's man, we really I mean like it's it's huge, it's about four three to four times the size of my room here at uh, my house that you've been to, um custom table, it's super i'm really excited about it man have you seen the pictures of the video i shared like when i get the floors stained or anything yeah yeah
0: i saw the videos of that but i haven't seen anything of it like finished together yeah
1: soon as i get the tabletop installed um i'll spend about a day getting a bunch of stuff like set in place and then i'll start then i'll start podcasting there while i get settled in
0: hell yeah that's gonna be dope
1: yeah i'm a Like I finally got a mic now
0: and I'm slowly getting the rest of the equipment because what I was doing was having comics come over and hang out and we would just chill and bullshit in my room and record it. And then anything that was funny, I would put up later, but I'm finally getting a small setup to either. I don't know whether to call it podcast or just making videos because it's not really a set episodic show.
1: Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. Like that's like what I've been thinking about with the branding of uh, like a blog. Yeah, is, i'm probably going to call it the unraveled blog yeah gotcha. right and just hit like some different topics that i'm fascinated with and just stay on just those topics instead of it being like all the topics i'm into yeah but uh that's man that's what's so cool about making videos and putting shit on the internet is that dude it's creating a, and you could call it a podcast and put numbers to it or um or whatever like i just love doing this i put tons of videos on the gym youtube yeah uh, film classes what whatever i just like getting getting the word out
0: yeah and the cool thing about it is and it's i'm learning it as i'm doing it is that it's it's your shit whatever it is it's yours you can make it however you want it so any show you've ever watched like man they should have done this or oh man they should have done that you can do that and that's one thing that
1: i like about it a lot so have you ever looked into trademarks trademarking your shit uh i have a little bit but
0: i'm not big enough yet I'll, I'll let you know
1: what i find out I, i'm going through okay. it for the for the gym and for my podcast right now because check this shit out and i i didn't i didn't flex on him super hard i called my attorney the guy that set up my he's a fam, close family friend like not mm-hmm. much older than me he set up the llc for us the non-profit it's like my corporate shield tons of stuff and i was like look dude I got this podcast springs up sprang up at this Oregon University with the same name. I was like, but they can't put out anything because I'm already out under that name. So what they yeah. did is they bought I had I never got a website till recently. So they had acquired the domain name. That's how I found out about it. So I was going to buy the domain. And I was like, damn,
0: that's shady. Like they yeah. can just come up with a better name.
1: Well, and on Facebook, so like my Facebook page was Life Unravel Podcast. So mm-hmm. they put they did like life comma unraveled colon podcast and i was like motherfucker you yeah. know but i call him and i'm like dude i want to trademark all my shit here's what's going down he's like yeah you should do it here's the guy he's going to take care of everything so like but um i ba- i contacted him i was like look here's this fact here's the thing i was like i've spent about f- probably twelve thousand dollars on this podcast so far and i was right. like I, I, and I was like, and I'm just about to spend several thousand more because of where I'm at and my growth of the brand. I was like, and I'm willing to spend that much more to make sure you don't mess that up for me. And I was like, so I need you to take your stuff down, social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the domain. I was like, because I'm filing patents for trademarks and then you're going to get a cease and desist from my attorney. Yeah. Like, I, and I was like, unless you have filed for patents first, that's what that's gonna be the order of, of what happens. And like mm-hmm. try to say this as nice as possible. it's like their web admin gets it and and he's just like, like I I remember when like I happened to have like Facebook opener, like I wherever I'd sent they it was a Facebook Messenger that I'd sent the page, their their mm-hmm. page a message, and I see them typing and then not typing and then typing it's like the three little bubbles, you know, and like like for like an hour and I was like <laughs> I see you, you know. And they would go away. <laughs> yeah. And, and then they they just sent this big thing, and we're like, look, hey, so sorry about all that. Like, let's get it taken care of. My boss would really like to get this taken care of now, <laughs> they, yeah. because they were like, we don't want. It. But, so what I would have probably happened is you had some professor, some student, or some grad, probably started had to do a podcast for some project, and they had never even done it. They never released an episode. The and I I bet they ran into the dead end of they had created it and found out i already had one and they couldn't even right so you always got
0: to check first because we've come up with podcast ideas and we had a show that we were like getting ready to film it and then josh one of my roommates is like let's let's look on google and youtube first sure enough somebody already had it and we were like, okay well we're not going to do that because we're not just going to rip it off of them and so you got to come up with your own thing
1: that's the hard, that's the hard part. And like, I think that only like you filming videos, like what you're talking about, do you even come up really with, like, I kind of knew I was like, for a long time, I wanted to start a podcast, but then I did the same thing I did with this blog idea right now. Like I yeah. have blogged in the past and like, basically I'm talking to everybody. i I know that is influ- that has helped me build these ideas into something bigger, that being the podcast, the gym, talking to those same people. I'm like, I'm starting this blog. It's going to be on the gym page. It's also going to be on podcast page. It's going to be for both audiences. Yeah. What do you guys think that that should look like? And and just like bouncing ideas. Like uh, I'm a, I am want to come up with a catchy title. Like, uh, you know, I'm going to do topics a- around lifestyle and wellness stuff, but also like martial arts related history. Yeah. Um. You know, and just like bouncing ideas off of people and like figuring out, but that's been how like s- – that and it's doing it over time it gets so much better like with i'm really excited about the jump i'm about to make on quality of what Mm -hmm. i'm putting out because uh i've just figured out how to do more and then then it's like okay well now go invest and spend the money to get the equipment Mm -hmm. you know or the studio itself like that was a big dream come true that's exciting man dude Um, did you watch ufc 250 i did not uh so uh was that Gar, was that the one Garbrandt fought the other night and stuff? Yeah, I just watched the Garbrandt and Eddie Wineland fight the morning after. Uh, gotcha. and then I also the um Sugar Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, who did wait? Who was it that Sean O'Malley fought? That was um, those the only two fights on the card I watched. So I just watched them like I woke up by like four that next morning and watched them. And that was uh, Eddie
0: Wineland, was it? Didn't he? Fight hey, Eddie I, can't, I
1: can't remember which guy fought I Eddie Wineland, so. I think it was. And then Cody Garbrandt fought um somebody else yeah but you got had that sick little mustache
0: dude i love that mustache it was dope but then he got Mm -hmm. that was a hell of a straight hand man he slept in bad
1: yeah both well and then cody garbrandt going here and then coming up and hitting that rear hook that was a sick little uh sick little play but i've always liked that guy's boxing yeah um Um, yeah but yeah i'm i'm excited to say i i wonder if he's gonna have more of a resurgence than that too Mm mm-hmm I'm
0: definitely excited to see him fight again. I I was very entertained, and that's the first fight I've ever watched personally where it ended at the buzzer. That was really exciting because when it first happened live, I was nervous. I was like, oh, shit, is he about to get in trouble? Because, like, was that, like, a fraction of a second past the buzzer? Is, like, this is about to be a penalty for this? But, no, nope, they did the replay, and it was
1: right on time. So it didn't even matter. Did you watch Bryce's fight? Yes, I did nice i'm gonna have him i hit him up to come back on the podcast is do a, a long distance uh yeah because you know he lives in searcy area and he's like hell man i'll come out we'll train <laughs> i was like all right hell yeah uh, yeah it's funny yesterday i called uh, an open mat. i don't even know why but I, I called an open mat and a bunch of the blue belts thought bryce was gonna be there yeah like uh, this this one engineering student and I, you know and they're like yeah dude we're and I did come in with another bite belt friend of mine yeah. that was in from Northwest Arkansas, but I was just like, open, Matt, I'm opening the gym up, you know, come train. And like I did, like so another bite belt rolled in with me, but it's not that big of a deal. There's a ton of bite belts in the state now. Yeah. But, but they're like, oh, we thought Bryce was coming. I was like, why? Like, <laughs> why? I didn't say anything about that.
0: Dude, but, everybody in this house is a huge Bug Nasty fan. We always watch his fights. Yeah, Always cheering for him.
1: He he was just on another podcast, if you want, in, uh, an Arkansas podcast called the Rough and Tumble podcast. Okay. Um, Everybody's starting a martial arts podcast these days. <laughs> but, you know, too, like, I do that. I do the martial arts, but, um, but I do it just like Joe Rogan. Like, it's like, it's, I'm not going to pigeonhole myself into just that audience. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's uh, just like, I don't want to pigeonhole myself into just a history audience.
0: It's partly why I, sh- I don't know if you can tell but i shaved my mullet off it's because i wasn't Damn, trying to bro. pigeonhole myself into like
1: the old just one type of audience
0: yeah pretty
1: much. <laughs> well, it was fun man. and
0: it was funny while it lasted though
1: it was great, <laughs> great. dude that one well, little gimmicks uh, dude think of yourself like uh, or you know don't think of yourself however you want but like a, a comic marketing itself it almost seems like a, a fighter right? you know how they have gimmicks periodically mm-hmm. like there's a, a dude that fought in like basically a thong one time and like oh, his, his nut sacks came out during, <laughs> during the fight um and there's one guy who shaved an arrow into his chest like, yeah. g- like gimmicks uh like Connor mcgregor's got tons of gimmicks working for him uh, but then too like the uh bands uh, you like anthony ketis from the chili peppers that motherfucker has changed his image a bazillion times and it's always a cool, a cool looking image too. I'm yeah. like, oh, you have a mustache now, and your hair—it's never been that way,
0: dude. I'm—I think next thing I'm gonna do is that Eddie Weinland thing. I like that mustache. I want to bring that back. That was dope.
1: That, yeah, I remember seeing uh, a guy like that at a wedding when I was a kid. He had—he had red hair also, and he yeah. had that mustache, and it was just—I was like, damn, man, I like. Just kept remember like talking to my mom, being like, hey, that dude's mustache is insane. <laughs> what is going on with that it's funny
0: that's my goal i want a mustache that inspires the youth yeah
1: yeah well dude um man i feel like we solved some of the world's problems on this podcast
0: we definitely tackled them i don't know if they're solved but maybe maybe at least it's open dialogue about some of them
1: yes, yes. Some hearts. we'll submit it into the record and just yeah see what people want to do with it we'll we'll probably get a bunch of a bunch of comments on just uh comments on the confederacy yeah but they can come after me i'll like i and she, oh, like, let I'm come not come after I, me I, i'm fine with it I, I did i'm just like uh like cora brought this up the other day and like I, I hadn't really thought about it because i try not to like i try not to be arrogant about it but it's, she's like isn't it funny when people want to debate that history with you and i was like well yeah <laughs> well yeah, but, but it's also like I just feel a due diligence and an obligation to tell them. I don't want to. Ar- I, it's different than if you were arguing with me about something else. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. If you were arguing with me about USD 249, I'd be like, well fuck you, bro! What <laughs> the fuck do <laughs> you know? I own a Mars art I wouldn't be that way." But you know, yeah. it w- but it would be like it's just different. It's like I don't want to get emotional about it. I mean, it's hard not to because it's, it's, it's something I'm passionate about, but. It's just like I just want people to know what they don't know mm-hmm. and see if that like that, that clandestine um activities or clandestine operation that Daryl Davis was on Joe Rogan. have you listened to that yet yeah, the yeah, guy, where
0: he's, he's going members. in and,
1: yeah they, so knowing that exists, and but maybe that's only because he's a black man right, but Knowing that you can talk to an ardent racist, an ideological racist like that, and get them to see empathy and be that and be your friend or be friends with an African American, like that's like oh that's kind of like restores some faith in humanity. So it's like it's like For maybe certain. maybe if people just knew about things like uh the lost cause myth and the secession letters and so on, that uh that they would look at it differently. Maybe if also, they knew the history think- of the monuments.
0: I think socially too, I think it's more than just education about the history. I think they need to meet people that are different than them. They need to have friends that are completely, come from different parts of the world that have different skin color, different culture. And that will help alleviate so much of the bigotry because it's like, once you see people from everywhere and you realize, Oh, we're all the same thing. We are the exact same thing. It, it, well, who was it? I think it was Mark Twain that said travel was the best cure for bigotry or something like that.
1: Yeah, I think I really agree with that. I which well, that's come up a lot. Uh, when I shared that libtard uh, status, uh, which somebody made a dank meme out of one of my headshots with, like, I hear if you go to college, it makes you liberal. <laughs> like... That's funny. Yeah, but uh, but several people that hadn't been to college remarked on that. And like, too, what was funny is how many people took that as me, like, talking down on people that weren't quote unquote educated i was yeah. like no i was just cock- talking about these two old dudes that talk shit about me for getting an education and saying and st- trying to stereotype me into all these boxes with if anything and now i'm all over the place i'm not conservative yeah. or liberal i'm like yeah good luck p- pinning me down on any one of your aisles but um it. but tons of people said that they're like man you know traveling uh, exploring like meeting more people that's the difference that's what opened my eyes that's what and like i really do i really do get that for sure well bro bro it's been a been a pleasure having you back on the show man um keep me posted hell yeah on thanks for having every, me dude keep me posted on how everything's going there in la man i've been thinking about it sure just because i know that it's it's a little rougher in that part of the world so
0: yeah hopefully as soon as this uh Quarantine gets lifted, I'm coming back to Arkansas. I missed my son's birthday, so I got to come back and celebrate with him. And I'll
1: be back for a little bit, so I'll hit you up when I come back to town. Dude, hopefully we can do one in the new studio. If nothing else, uh you can, yeah, dude. You, if as long as I'm up and going, we'll do one in there. Like I see no way the table not being installed within. Like we're trying to do it this weekend. So oh hell yeah, yeah, right on, bro. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time out, uh, man. And I'll talk to you soon.
0: Yeah, man. Have a good day. Thanks All for having right,
1: me. See you, man. Later.